Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Lunch with PB&J. We're back again. We're back. I think that's, yeah, we took two breaks in like just a couple of little short span of time. Sorry about that, but life happens and uh, so do broken water pipes. Mm. That's what happened last week is uh, at our church. It is cold. We had a broken water pipe in the church, and that took up my world for a few days. And so, I just didn't have it in me last week. It was all me. Joy, I told Joy she could do it. She could just come on and do lunch with Jay. But nobody likes a jelly sandwich. No, it's too sweet. Nice. All right. There's a lot of truth to that. So that was where we were, but we're back, and uh, we're ready to go cold it is cold and um but it's uh it's it's we're going we're doing it. it's happening so where, where are we we are in uh episode 48 first peter chapter four we're finishing we're gonna try to finish Let's try first peter today so we're gonna do first peter chapter four and five it's about chapter five is like i, I say this like as bad it's like all the bible's important Sometimes the chapters, though, they break up really weird. So it's just like it's a, the closing paragraphs of the letter yeah. he wrote. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, what are you laughing at? Laughing. You're supposed to <laughs> fill in the gap while I take a drink. You're supposed to talk while I drink. All right, so, you want to jump in? You can read, aren't you? Well, that's what I meant. I mean, you're ready to get started. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm ready. How's it? We're it's so out of sync, Joy. It's been so long. No, he just hasn't eaten in a few it's days, so he's being weird. <laughs> so long. That's why you have to talk a lot, because if I don't, if I talk a lot, my mouth gets really dry. It's been brutal to preach the last couple of weeks. All right, here we go, Joy. Settle down. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with your sin, with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. That's as far as I was going to go. Mm-hmm. Right there? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I... I want to see if you got what I got. If we got the same thing? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> the way our brains We think. should probably compare notes on <laughs> No, that's not Before fun. we get on. No, the part... Uh, so just see like this interesting thing about arm yourselves with the same attitude you look up the word arm and it says uh equip it says says to equip yourselves and it really made me think maybe it's because of ben's um sermon series right now but he's talking about spiritual warfare and so when i hear the word arm yourselves it really makes me feel like it's like an implied weapon Mm -hmm. like this this arm yourselves equip yourselves with this attitude because we know that our weapons, um, when we fight against the devil, are not the same as, you know, natural weapons. So it's, the, you know, we know our weapons are 
um, worship and prayer and all these things. So it did make me realize, wow, this is a weapon. This is a weapon against the enemy is to arm myself or equip myself with the same attitude that God has. And that in this context here is the attitude of, of suffering. And a lot of times we don't think of that when we think of um, like a weapon. <laughs> you certainly mm-hmm. don't think of suffering as a weapon. But it's this amazing thing, the statement where it says, when you've done this, when you physically suffer for Christ, it means you're done with sin. Yeah. Like that's a powerful statement to me of being um, done with sin and arming yourselves with, you know, basically you're getting rid of, of sin because you're, it's like I almost looked at it this way where you, where you die to your flesh. Yeah. Right? So if you're willing to suffer for Christ, whether... Um, you know, in their situation here, it's literally like physically, you know, maybe being put in prison or um, some of these people were dying or whatever it is, but physically. But for us, maybe it's, um, you know, right now we're in, we're in the middle of fasting, yeah. right? So we're physically suffering because we are arming ourselves with the same attitude of Christ. So I just think it's an amazing thing of like that's it's like a dying to self. So yeah, then that that um, that phrase. So arm yourself. Mm-hmm. That uh, I looked it up in one commentary, and they said it it's it refers to the same thing as like a soldier putting on armor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that phrase that's used is like a soldier putting on his armor, and then that attitude is, is your mm-hmm. mind or your way of thinking. So what what he's saying here is, as believers, we're being encouraged to take the the same care a soldier would take in putting on his army before he went and fought we're being encouraged to arm ourselves in the same way but the the way we're arming ourselves is with the same attitude that christ had towards suffering which was okay like and and so i even thought like taking that uh taking that idea just this idea of like a soldier that's going into battle he doesn't knowing that he potentially could be wounded or killed even Mm -hmm. going into battle and so this idea of arm yourself, be ready, have the yeah. same attitude. Christ knew when he entered into this world and before he got up and preached his first sermon, he knew he was going to die. Mm-hmm. And yet he went into his ministry knowing that there would be suffering that would take place. Yeah. And so we're being encouraged, like you need to arm yourself. You need to go into battle. You need to get up every day and go and live your Christian life knowing that suffering may be involved. Mm-hmm. And that suffering, like you said, it could be, it could be persecution of some kind, yeah, yeah. or it could be just, as he says, you, you've overcome sin, so you're done with sin, which means that maybe the suffering is that we give up something, mm-hmm. something that we felt like was important to us at one time, that all of a sudden, once In you give it up, you realize it's physical aspect not. means it's going to affect you physically, mm-hmm. some way or form, it's going to affect you physically. So I just thought that was really neat, yeah, that idea of when you experience suffering as a result of Christ, you've broken free from this sinful life. Mm-hmm. You know, it does, which just means like it doesn't have a hold on you anymore. Right, right. You know, so your sinful desires just doesn't, you've broken free from your own will and you fully identify mm-hmm. with the life of Christ then. And then I love, I love the line there that says, you will be anxious to do the will of yeah. God. And I just love the wording of that because I thought, you know, what would it what would it be like? Can you imagine if you traded in your everyday stress to fit in mm-hmm. and like, oh, are people going to like me? Is this is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Is it, 
you know, what, and this, all this anxiety that we carry because of the way we interact in the world. And could you imagine instead of carrying that anxiety, our anxiousness was, am I, am I, am I living for God? God? Am I, am I pleasing you? God, is my, is is it, am I doing enough? God, am I doing it right? You're like, Imagine if our anxiousness was actually from that, and it's not an anxiety. Like we shouldn't be, shouldn't ha- shouldn't have an anxiety. anxiety like can mean um, we actually get into it in chapter five of that word care or anxiety, but it can mean like what do you care about? I'm anxious to see my wife at the end of the day. <laughs> this is how you use that word. Oh, I like that. See that? You see that? But but also like you look at how I, I found like as that the the verses progress there, you see that. Like, once you change your mindset, once you put on this mindset, once you equip yourself with the mindset that Christ has, then it's where it says you won't spend your life chasing after mm-hmm. things. Then your desires change. So it really made me realize, like, first we have to change up here. Yeah. We have to, and he, he says, you must arm yourself. You know, and I think it's one of those things where that's that's on us. Like, mm-hmm. we have to decide, God, what kind of attitude am I going to have? Yeah. Like, our, you know what I mean? Yeah. Our attitude. God wants to help us and resources and do all these things for us, but that's a choice we have to make. Mm-hmm. Is what's my mindset? It goes back to this thing, and like you said, we've been we've been talking through this series on Sundays. If you're not a part of Connect Church, you <laughs> should go to our website, connectpeople.ca, and listen to the series. Yeah. Um, but like, even I've, I've been studying for Sunday coming up, and I'm going to be talking about authority. And one of the weapons that God has given us is authority. We have spiritual authority mm-hmm. over the enemy, and so. God has equipped us with all of these things, but ultimately, that would be like going back to the soldier. Mm-hmm. That would be like a soldier being given armor in that day, of being given armor or uh, weapons and things like that, and then deciding to go out on the battlefield and not them. using them. Right. And going, oh no, I'm under attack. Right. Well, you're, yeah, but I gave you things to right. protect yourself with. I gave you things to fight against right. the enemy, but you're choosing not to use them. Mm-hmm. And so... But you're going like, oh, God's going to protect me. Well, yes, but God has given you the tools to, to arm yourself and given you the tools to protect yourself. But at some point, we as Christians, we've got to take on some responsibility mm-hmm. to live out the life that God has yeah. prepared for us. He's I think laid it part of that us. suffering, though, that he's talking about, again, it can literally be these people were persecuted in, in their bodies, put in prison, some of them killed. But it's the persecution can be, okay, I'm not, or not persecution, but suffering can be like, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not chasing my own desires. Yeah. I am now chasing what pleases God. And how many times, like, I've faced it in my life. It's not always pleasant. Like, mm-hmm. to, you know, I, if, if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, I'd be laying in bed all day sleeping probably, you know, because it's just like, no, there's, you, it's, everything, it's not always what we want to do is not pleasing all the time. Right. Right. So it's this part of that suffering I feel like that we experience that he's talking about is just following after God's will for your life and not just what you want to do. And the more and the more that you do that. So the more you arm yourself with the mind of Christ, what he's saying is you'll be done with thinking the way that you used to. So all of a sudden now, you know, it, it just shifts. So no longer do you have no longer do you want the evil things that godless people want. So he says no longer do you want immorality which is like unrestrained in your moral attitudes and behaviors no longer do you want are you filled with lust is the sexual desires and then living a life of excess so the drinking the food the wild parties all these things no longer do you have a desire to worship a false god but 
but truly your mind is set on Christ. You have taken on the attitude of Christ, and come what may, mm -hmm. I'm in it. Yeah. I'm in it all. I love that phrase that says you've had enough. You've had enough of it. You know, because I feel like I've met a lot of people, and just once they accept Christ, they realize, like, light bulb comes That's in, what and they comes realize. Up. That's what brings them. Why did I waste so many years of my life living that way or this way? And it's like, enough is enough. Now live yeah. for God. Yeah. And then this is what he says in verse 4. Of course your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into mm -hmm. the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. Mm -hmm. But remember that they will have to face God, who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. My comment was more for the first part, and I'm going to leave that second part for you a little bit more. But it was, uh, it's just the idea that the former friends, even that wording of former, former, you're going to, when you change your life and you start living for not your desires, what the worldly desires are, but you start living for what God wants, like, it, notice it says former friends, yeah. meaning you're, oh, that's good. Yeah. you're going to lose some people. And it might be, um, you know, it might sometimes, sometimes it's family members who just can't see it, but it's former friends, for, you know, family members. But like, and then it goes to that next level where they start talking smack about you. But it's just this thing of like, none of us like that. And it's hard on us and it's, it's personal, right? Because it's people that we love or people that we used to be friends with or, but it's the thing of like, I'm glad this kind of stuff is written because mm -hmm. it makes me realize, okay, God, like when this kind of stuff happens in our life, we should not be, we shouldn't just be overwhelmed and like, woe is me. Like this is the stuff the New Testament's made of. And, and, it, and if you're living for God, it's, you know, there in black and white that, that don't be shocked when this happens to you. Yeah. You know? They're going to be shocked at what's happening to you, <laughs> right? But and we shouldn't be shocked when they react that way. Yeah, and they're they're going to see. They should see a difference. Yes. And so it's just this thing of don't be, don't be shocked by that. Don't be surprised if they they they, and yeah, this is that idea of they may not want to be around you anymore, and they may even start talking smack about you mm -hmm. and all those things. It's fine. Just you got to stay in your lane. And what he says is you have to understand that they're going to have to stand before God on yes. their own one day. Yes. And so. You can't, they're going to have to stand in, before God for their actions, mm -hmm. not yours. Mm -hmm. So they can sit and judge you all that they want. And, and sometimes that happens. You know, you give your life to Christ and immediately everybody out of their own conviction, honestly, I feel yeah, like a lot of people speak out of their own conviction is immediately they want to start reminding you of your past. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not so great. Remember that time you did this. And you're like, yes, that was my Meanwhile, old... nudge, nudge, let's go do it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're you're such a hypocrite because you won't do that anymore. Yeah. So let's go do it. That way you won't be a hypocrite anymore. And you're like, no, that's who I was. It's not who I am. Right. And so they're going to do that. But you just have to remember, like, they're going to have to stand before God for their actions. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to stand before God for your actions. So stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. Like, just... Sometimes that's all you can do is stay in your lane and do what's right in and, your own and heart. And this goes for people who are living with a person who's treating you that way too. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, you know, keep on. <laughs> yeah. So that, that second part there, you don't yeah. want to talk about it? So it talks about the fact that God will judge the, the living and the dead. Right. So this is uh, a call to eventually one day there will be 
He's going to judge everybody. Will, everybody will stand in judgment one day, all right? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter when you live. It doesn't matter when you die. It doesn't matter if you don't die. You know, if you're raptured up, there will be a judgment. There will yeah. be a judgment for those who chose to disobey God and never accepted Christ. There will be a judgment for those who did uh, accept Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's two different judgments that will happen. But the point is, is God will judge the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go deep into this. I because you would. So... Listen, after the last episode, all right, for those of you that listened to the last episode, I want you to know, Joe and I disagreed slightly. It's okay. All right? We disagree. And I tried to pull it out of her because I knew we disagreed. I tried to get her to talk, to get her side out, but she wouldn't do it. We got off. And then when we went on, we thought if we ever did, uh, what are those things called? Patreon page. I don't know if you've heard of Patreon. You listen to podcasts or not. It's where you got to pay for content. Oh, like the behind the scenes. Uh, behind the scenes, you get a little more in depth. You would have seen yeah. our, our, you would have seen us. I sat it back out. in my chair and I was like, "But what about?" Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. We had a whole another 15, 20 minute discussion on <laughs> why she doesn't agree with me. Um, and I'm not saying I was right either. Just so you know, I told her. I, I said I don't think I was right. This is just what I decided. <laughs> so there are some, and this is probably what you're thinking. There are some that take this verse and go back to what we read in mm-hmm. chapter 3 yeah. and try to connect those two dots. Yeah. I don't think. I'm sticking with what I said. <laughs> I haven't changed my position on this. Mm-hmm. You don't know what we're talking about. you got to go back and listen to the last one. But um, So he talk, let me just read those verses again. So it talks about in verse 6, This is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So a couple things. Uh, one, there's a there's a lot of argument. There's a, there's a lot of people that would say, well, what about the people that have never heard the gospel? And that was kind of the point that you were making with what we read in chapter 3, mm-hmm. is that it made sense that when Jesus was on the cross, those three days, there's a, there is a line of thought that says that what Peter was referring to is that Jesus went in and spoke to those who had died before him. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think that's what he was doing, but that's okay. Um, and so then, and that's a big question. Everybody, well, what about the people that never heard right. about Jesus? Even now, even in today, if there's some remote corner of the earth or they're born into a, a nation where Christianity is is, is underground almost, yeah. you know, in some places. I think I've even had that question for my kids recently is like, what happens when somebody hasn't yeah. heard about Christ? And hopefully this doesn't sound like any kind of a cop-out answer because it really isn't a cop-out answer. I just, I believe, I believe that God is fair. Mm -hmm. I believe that God is fair and I believe that he judges fairly. And so I do, it's even that idea of those that teach. So you now get thrown into this because you're on a podcast with me. So the Bible talks about that those that teach will be judged more harshly. Mm -hmm. So that if I teach something that is against, that is wrong, if I teach something that is wrong, then I'm going to be judged more harshly than somebody who wasn't a teacher. So even in statements like that, and you see other places in the Bible where, where there is, you see that there's going, God is fair. He Mm -hmm. is just. And so I I really, I don't know how it's going to work. Like Mm -hmm. I can't say how that's going to work. I do believe, though, that, that God is fair and that God is just. But it, but it says that is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So he's saying yeah. the good news was preached. Right. We, I'm, so we don't this, know how we did it. Yeah, in this context. Right. But also it says, so although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. Right. So these people, you know, 
you can go, I understand, you can go back to that verse, and some people try to tie it back to that verse and say that he went and preached to them there, so now they've had the good news, and they chose to accept him, is how you would have to read that, is that they chose to accept Christ there, and now they live with him in spirit. I read this as the good news was preached to those that even though they died, they are now with him in spirit, which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So they're now there. So he's just talking to people that were alive that have now died, right. but they heard the good news while they were alive and they accepted Christ and now they're mm-hmm. there. That's how I read it. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Um, and, but th- this does, all of this goes around to this idea of, I just touched on it for a second, just this idea of, well, what about the people that never heard about Jesus? Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't answer that. Just like I can't answer the question of how much sin is too much sin. Yeah. You know, because there's people that like, there's a, that idea of people that accept Christ, but then it's like, well, I don't think I have to change everything and all this. Am I still saved? Am I not saved? Is there eternal salvation? Is there, can I lose my salvation? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, And here's the deal. I, I think this is why we're just supposed to give everything to Jesus, mm-hmm. to just eliminate the question. Eliminate the need involved. for questions. So as a believer, yeah. I'm not trying to find the line. As a believer, I want to be as close to Jesus as I can. And that should, because that's a representation of us being in relationship with Christ. That's the representation of that. If you're out there trying to figure out how much can I sin and still get to heaven, Mm -hmm. there is a chance that you're probably not saved. I'll just be honest with you, that you, you may not be saved because what Romans tells us is not only do you believe in your heart that he has died and rose again, but you make him, you confess with your mouth that he is Lord. That means that he is master of everything Mm -hmm. if you're out there trying to figure out what you can get away with then you haven't made him master of your life so there's a difference between struggling with sin and just being okay with it yeah and i think that's something we have to understand in all of those things so this is all i know god is just Mm -hmm. god is fair and i want to be on the right side of that no argument there all right (laughs) so we will all be and and at the end of the day going back to verse four and five there at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own choices and actions. Right, right. Um, our decisions won't be based on what happened um, in the sense of justifying us, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't think, in other words, I don't think, this is where I think the fairness of God will come in, is if somebody stands before God and says, I never knew, I never heard about Jesus, I never heard the name of Jesus mentioned, mm-hmm. or if they're from the Old Testament, you know? I never knew about the I never knew about the God of Israel. I never knew about Jehovah. You know, do I think God's going to look at you and go, you know, well, that's your problem. You were born in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You weren't around the right people. Like, I have a hard time believing that. Mm-hmm. Um, how what he does with that, I don't know. On the other side of that, you're never going to be able to. Some of us, if you're listening to this right now, for example, if you're listening to us right now. You're never going to be able to stand before God and say, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Jesus was the only way to heaven because right. I'm telling you right now, Jesus is the only way and that you have to give your entire life to him. And so there's not going to be, and, and it doesn't matter if you say, well, the reason that I was, I lived with such sin in my life and such a habitual sin in my life is because A, B, and C happened to me mm-hmm. when I was a kid and it warped my brain. And so therefore I got involved in this and this and this, and that's why I was a sinner. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, but did you hear about me? Did you hear that I could set you free? Did you hear that I could forgive you of sins? Did you hear that I could heal and restore? Did you, like, your past isn't going to justify what you did. Once you hear about Jesus, you've had the opportunity to accept Jesus. 
and you'll be judged accordingly to that. And that's that's what I feel like taking the whole Bible from cover to cover. That's what I feel like the whole Bible says mm-hmm. is God is fair. God is just. He will judge righteously. He is and the only one that is able to judge. Is he's done his part. Yeah. Like that 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 idea of um, you know the good news has been preached. He's saying he's done his part. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm just trying to see if I missed anything here. All right, so verse 7. The end of the world is coming soon. Boy, it is. <laughs> Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. So, end of the world. There's a lot of talk right now that the end of the world is coming. I believe it. I hope for it. I'm praying for it. I'm ready for it. Bring it on, Jesus. Um, but this was written 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. right? So I think there's another way that we can take it. And it's the same way, I think, the way that Peter meant it then, same way that we need to take it now, is simply that you need to live life with expectation. Mm-hmm. You need to live life with the expectation that Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. And not this, like... Um, you know, Jesus getting Jesus come back. You better be watching or like, you better be careful or Jesus watching kind of, it's not that, but just live life with this expectation. Cause not only is the world coming to an end, not only is Jesus coming back, but you could literally die any moment. So I, I believe that it really speaks to this. We need to live with a sense of expectation. Mm-hmm. We need to live like we can meet Jesus any day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it comes back to, I think we talked to, I can't remember if we talked about it on here or, I, I spoke about it one time at church, but just that idea of he's with you all the time. Mm-hmm. So you should always live like that. Mm-hmm. And so be, be, um, yeah. So just live with expectation and just love be, 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 what's the word that he uses there? Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, did you have anything on those couple verses? So finish out the, finish it out and then I'll comment. Verse 10 and 11. Yeah. Or down to the end of the chapter. Yeah. Or 10 and. Uh, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with the with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So I thought it was really cool how it starts out. It says the, the end of the world is coming soon. So basically he's like, we are living in the last days, mm-hmm. which has always some, like it's, it's kind of, I'm making more sense of it now that I was like, you know, as reading this, I'll be like in the past, I would have been like, well, how is, how is the world coming soon now? And then we've lived this many years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then now we would say, okay, we're living in the last days. And it's because time is different for us than it is God. Right. right? And so, you know, and my commentary helped me a little bit here too, but that phrase, the end of the world is coming soon. So basically at Christ's coming, when Jesus came, he fulfilled these Old Testament prophecies and it began the last days when Jesus came right. on the scene. Yeah. So it was a very, it was a correct statement to say we're living, you know, the world's coming to an end soon. We're living in the last days when Peter said it, but it's also a correct statement for us to say it now. 
although we're waiting. So we just feel like, you know, when somebody says we're living the last days, well, it hasn't happened yet. So, so it's that verse in, is it in Psalms where it says a day, a day with the Lord right. is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Yeah. So if you take that literally, all right, time is meaningless to God. We just have to yeah. understand that time is meaningless to God. He's eternal. But if you take that statement for what it, for what it says, mm-hmm. it's literally, it's been a couple days since Peter wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's an interesting thing to understand because when we're reading this, a lot of times we can be flippant and say, oh, you know, I've been hearing that since I was eight years old. You know, I, I'm re- you, you know, how could Peter say that? And then we're saying that now. But we really have to understand the seriousness that we really are living in the last days and the opportunities that God is putting right in front of us. Um, and the other thing is to live in the last days. Like we are seeing Bible prophecy happen right before our eyes yeah. like it's unfolding because i would really encourage you if you're not doing it already like find um find a trusted resource you know that you can be staying up to date with the things that are going on because you're you'll literally just be amazed at just um how it's really unfolding right now mm-hmm. but i think it's neat because it says you know the end of the world is coming soon and then it, it doesn't say so panic and you know <clears throat> Panic and do this and do this and do this. It's not a panic. It's a the end of the world is coming soon. So what should my response be? And I, I broke it up into three things. And it's um, it says you know be earnest and disciplined in your prayer. So number one, have start praying. Have mm-hmm. a genuine prayer life. Um, and and I love that like that earnest. It's like the convictions of your heart. You got to start praying about yeah. what God's putting in your heart and start praying earnestly. Um, so prayer life is one. But the second one is is love. It says show deep love for each other. Um, there's a verse in Romans. It's Romans 12, 9. And I love it because it's so simple. But it says don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. <laughs> and, you know, again, we've been talking about in everything we're reading right now, just love one another, love one another, love yeah. one another. And I loved the simplicity of that verse. Don't don't just pretend to love each other. Really love them. And I think there's this thing of loving someone. We we know it's not just in how we act um, superficially. It's 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 what's going on here. It's what's going on here. It's 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 not talking about people behind their back. Like really loving someone genuinely. We know what that looks like. Like, we don't need to be told what real love looks like, um, but we're not doing it. Right. In so many cases, we're just not really loving people. So that's that response that we should have. We're living in the last days. Get your prayer life together. Number two, really love people. Like, begin to show deep love for, for people. And then that third part there is start using your gifts. He starts talking about, you know, your spiritual gifts. And so I'm just like, I just felt like he's just giving us this little package of start praying, start really loving people like you should, and start using the gifts that God's put inside of you. And this is this can be a hard one for people. Like I just recently talked to a few people, and 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 there's a lot of um, I have felt it many many times in my own life. Is what what do I have to give? What do I have to offer? And I love the part where it says God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So with that statement alone, like I have, I have to stop using excuses that I have nothing to offer because it says God has given each one of you. He didn't give Ben all the gifts and then just leave me 
leave me out of it. He didn't give, you know, Ben and I gifts and leave the rest of the church out of it. He gave each one of us gifts. Now, the challenge sometimes is some of us don't like, <laughs> we don't like the giftings <laughs> that we have, right? Because we look around and say, well, I want this gifting or I want the leadership gift or I want the gift that give, gives me more um, glory or prominence. But if you read there, it says, why do we have these giftings? There's two reasons we have these giftings. One, it says to serve one another. So the gifting is not ever to bring glory to ourselves. Whatever gifting that God gives you, whether it's it's speaking or helping or whatever it is, it's not it's not for yourself. It's to serve other people. And then if you go to the very end of it, it's to bring glory to God, right? So the two reasons that we have these gifts and God wants us to use them is not even for ourselves anyway. Yeah. So um, it's just this idea of like, Begin to use your gifts and begin to use them well. And if you don't know, um, if you don't know what your gifts are, like find out, pray. Number one, pray. Pray and ask God. But I don't think they're so um, confusing as we make them. I think, I was just thinking that, I was talking to somebody last night and, and honestly, like he, he was telling me kind of just some stuff that had happened in his life and he said he just, he woke up and he was just kind of praying like, God, what is my purpose? What mm-hmm. is my life? What am I to do and then he went to work that day and uh, he's he's a barber um, and and he's cutting hair and in that one day like he prays that prayer goes to work and two guys that come in his chair he has an opportunity to share Christ with them yeah and he just starts having conversation with them and it comes out and he just starts pouring into their lives spiritually and I'm like dude that's it like not everybody's called to be in church not everybody's called to do that like sometimes it's just making ourselves available to God and then whatever door opens, that's God. And he's he already equipped you with the gifts. Like don't get so hung up on what is my specific gift as much as it is just pursue, mm-hmm. uh, just pursue what God puts in front of You're you. You're right because so often we think that, that the gifting is only going to be used in a service, like mm-hmm. a church service. It's only, meanwhile, we are the church and God wants to use it every single day yeah. in our jobs. Um, a few verses that talk about spiritual gifts. If you get a time to like study that and you want to know more about spiritual gifts, Romans 12, 6 through 8, Ephesians 4, 7 through 16, and 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 31 is, is a, a big one too. So yeah, I just, I loved how he's like, we are living in the last days. And he tells us how to respond to that. Pray, pray like you've never prayed before. Love people like you've never loved them before. Get get deep in your love. Mm-hmm. And then start to use the gift that God has given you. No more excuses. And it's hard. Like, I will admit, it's hard because I wallow in, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It just says, use it well. Use and, it well. But it also says, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Yeah. So stop saying you don't have time or that you're too tired or, and, and making some, cause other times we know what we're supposed to do. We just don't do it. Right. And a lot of times it's, I'm too busy. I'm too this. I'm too, too that. What God gifts you to do, mm-hmm. he will give you the energy and yes. the supplies yes. or sorry, the strength and the energy to, to do, do it. it. Right. He will give you what you need to get it done. Yeah. So this idea sometimes that, you know, and we face this a lot, like that, that idea sometimes of just, I don't, oh, I just don't have time to do it. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm so tired. I got this going on, this going on, this going on. And so we let 
kind of what God, the opportunities that God presents in front of us, we let them fall away because we just, we feel like we can't do it. Yeah. If God wants you to do it, he will equip you to do it. Like I wrote, do it, whatever gifts you have, whatever God puts in front of you, then it says, use them, yes. do it. Yes. And you do it for God, yes. you do it with God. And it's not, you know, so it's a, it's a combination of those two things that you do it for God. First off, don't do it because you think, oh, I'm going to get some glory out of this. Mm-hmm. You do it for God, but then you also do it with God. He's going to help you. And he's going to give you everything. And then if you'll do it that way, then everything, it says everything you do mm-hmm. will, be, will bring glory to God. Right. So like, yeah, tell that story. So maybe there will come a point where you tell the story of, dude, I was just exhausted. I was tired. I didn't feel like I could do it. I didn't think I had the strength to do it. I didn't feel like I had the skill to do it. I didn't think I had this. I didn't think I had that. But then I just felt like it was what I was supposed to do. So I did it. And God just blessed me. And God just gifted. God strengthened me. Yeah. God encouraged. God equipped me. And uh, that's what God's looking for. Yeah. So all of the excuses that we come up with to not serve others mm-hmm. or to not, you know, to not use our giftings. All the excuses we come up are exactly that. They're excuses. Mm -hmm. And while they're valid in the physical, they're not valid in the spiritual. Because if God wants you to do it, then he'll give you everything you need to do it. All right? And so, I'm sorry if that seemed harsh. That seemed aggressive. I was leaning back, so I wasn't like way up here telling you. It was was aggressive. I apologize, but it's true. And, and again, I can remember struggling with like, again, the feeling of, I don't like the giftings that one of, one of the giftings that I knew I had, I knew I had the gift of helps because mm-hmm. I always felt this need to come alongside someone and help them. It was just like, couldn't get rid of it. And it would bother me when other people wouldn't help because I would see a gaping hole in a situation. Yeah. I'd be like, and, and it would, you know, I would jump in, but I, I would feel like, well, this is not important enough. And I would be that I always had a phrase and I've tried to stop using this. I'd be like, a monkey could do that, you know, because I was like, this is not important enough. Not realizing that that is a spiritual gift that God wants that person who he gave it to, to use it well. And if they don't use it, then you're going to see those holes. You're going to see things fall apart. And yeah. No. And so I think overall for that section there, it's just this, this idea of stay focused on you and God. Number one. Yeah. They focus on you and God, stay in your own lane. Don't worry about anybody else. Mm-hmm. Just focus on you and God. And then from your place of confidence in him, mm-hmm. and that's really understanding who you are in Christ from that place of confidence, then live out your life to glorify him and him alone. And, 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 and you do that by being an, ex- an example of Jesus to those around you. Mm-hmm. And then by operating and using the gifts that he's given to you. And so it's this, like you say, it's a step-by-step yeah. process yeah. that he's given to us that we can identify with. And it's the reminder, time is ticking. Yeah. There is an ending point coming. We may not think there is, but whether it's our death or the rapture, there's an ending point coming. And there's going to be a time where, you know, we're not we're not going to be using our gifting then mm-hmm. in, in that way. We're not going to be doing, it's going to be times, then it's the judgment. Yeah. So let's do it now while we're in the season of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Hey guys, so we were a little ambitious in thinking that we could get through all the way through chapter four and chapter five. Joy was ambitious. She's like, absolutely, we can do it. I just wanted to do chapter four and we could have made it through chapter four, but Joy's like, no, we should do four and five. I I talk too much, so. Uh, And so we didn't do it. 
You didn't make it, Joy. You didn't do it. So we're gonna we're gonna call it right there, because uh, we know you can only listen to us for so long at a time. <laughs> we understand that. I get it. I do. So we're gonna call it right there. Uh, we're gonna take a break at verse eleven and uh, pick it up next week on chapter or chapter four, verse twelve. And we will. I promise you, we will finish out. Uh, chapter 4 and chapter 5 next week. So until then, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, comment, share, all those great things. Uh, great hearing that you missed us last week. That was really heartwarming. <laughs> People that told us that. Uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. We're doing it for you. So uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on Lunch with PB&J. Bye guys.